What's up, guys? I'm Paul. This is Pauline Theologies Daily Devotional, and we're in Genesis. This is Trust in Jesus Ministries as well. And uh, we have moved into the next phase of Genesis. We've moved from the primeval history to what is called the patriarchal history. We're going to be talking about the fathers of the faith and the fathers of the faith uh, of the Hebrews and our faith as well, the Christian is um, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Those are the patriarchs. Those are the ones that they talk about, foundations and from which they're built. Paul talks about how we are sons of Abraham by belief, that his prodigy is not by the flesh, but by faith. It is spiritual. And so now we're going to talk about the stories and the, um, the, the foundation by which we are being able to live in Christ now. The foundations of, of these stories that come uh, the beginnings. And so it's, it's, it's pretty cool. And how do you begin any story, but by introducing the characters. And so this is the character introduction of Abraham, f- formerly known as Abram and uh, his family and all the people that play an important part as we begin to do this history. Now <clears throat> we start out in verse 27 uh, so we're on Genesis chapter 11, 27 through 32. If you haven't checked it out yet, go ahead and stop the tape. Read what it says. Come back. We'll answer the four questions. If you've already read, let's dive on in. And so what we got here in uh, verse 27 is another one of those todotes, uh, the generations of. It says these are the generations of Terah. And so we're going to talk about who his kids are. And then we move into the stories of of uh, of Abram, like what follows and and how his life is uh, moved by God, uh, which is, is is powerful. So we've got here. What is the guy saying? What is the writer of Genesis saying? What's what's he actually even saying? Well, like I said, he's introducing the characters. We've got Abram. We've got Noah, Noah. We've got uh, and Tara. And then we've got Heron. We find out Heron passes away somehow and dies. And so we see that we have a lot. And and we're going to see Lot in the future. We're going to see him and how he plays an important part in the life of Abram. And uh, we see that um, they are married as well. We have Sarah. And then we have uh, Noir has a wife. And then we see also... An important part, a detail that they drop in here is that Sarah is barren and can't have kids. And that's a huge deal. Um, and it sets up the promise in its entirety. Uh, let's let's the reader know that there is something different about Sarah because she's barren. She can't have children. And it's contrary to the promise, right? The promise is that we're fruitful and multiply the world, that we spread out and fill the world and, and, and cultivate it and grow it. And so when it points specifically to a character who we know now as the founder of the faith, yet how could he found the faith and how can God maintain the faithfulness of his promise if the one in whom he has promised uh, they can't have children? And so this is an important setup to how God is going to do everything on his own. <laughs> yeah, it's an important setup to see how God is going to do everything on his own, that it, it, it's all him that this promise and this thing 
uh, is going to be carried out. The salvation of the world, the restoration of man with uh, God is is all on God's doing. So not our own doing. But uh, yeah. And then it ends with uh, Tara passing away, Tara dying. And um, this is important because right before the history starts, it, it, it starts to it reminds us, first off, that that's the end of the um, Todo. It's the end of the uh, um, the generations which we have been going through. But it's also a reminder of the fact that death is still here, even though we have the hope of uh, death being destroyed because of Abraham. But it's still here. We also have the migration, too, that um, Abram and his family are migrated to where they are now. And I think it's also important for us to recognize the names of these people. Uh, I don't really, they hard names, man. We've been going through a lot of them here lately and they tough to read through, but some things about these names is that they represent or, or um, have their etymology, which is like their background of the name or the word in the moon God. And so right now we see that Abraham, like I said, everything is all about God is that Abram is not even worshiping the true God, the one true God, his family, they're moon worshipers. And they said that they were in the earth of Chaldean. And uh, historically that is a place where they worship the moon God. And so, and we see later on in Joshua that it says that his father served before they crossed the river. And so this is just, uh, <laughs> Abram's a pagan. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't believe in God. He, he's not called, he's, he's not, uh, worshiping or calling upon the name of the Lord right now. And so this is basically setting up the whole story for us through this genealogy. So what do we see about God in this though? Well, first off, he's a promise keeper. He's faithful. So he does what he says he's going to do. I think we talked a little bit on the last episode that there were uh, Peleg, which I remember his name. And uh, I can't remember the other guy's name still. I should have looked that up before I uh, jumped on here, but he uh, um, goes to Babel as representative of Babel, uh, the sinful line. And so in every effort that mankind does to uh, uh, hinder the promise, God still remains faithful as he continues to share Abram, as he continues to uh, uh, do Shem, as he continues to, to do these things, he's maintaining his faithfulness to the promise. What's this say about man? Well, it ain't anything that we do to receive this blessing. We just talked about how Abram is a, 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 is a pagan. He doesn't worship or call upon the name of the Lord. We also saw that uh, Sarai was barren, that she can't even have children to produce heirs for that promise to take place. So we, we, we don't do anything for the blessings we got. The blessings that we receive, it is because God has bestowed them upon us. Now, how, how do we apply these truths to our lives then? The fact that God is a promise keeper and also that we are, um, um, <laughs> we don't do anything to, to, to receive the blessings that God pours down upon us. Well, I think we should go ahead and contemplate on that. The realization that God has given us all of these blessings because that should remind us of how much God loves us.
It should remind us of how much God cares for us. It also should remind us of, of how good God is. It should remind us of, of how graceful and, and benevolent God is, how loving God is. Those things should, should be like uh, stirring in our hearts every day. And then I think also that we should demonstrate this. If we're in Christ, it says that we should be imitators of God. Remember, we read that in Ephesians. It says be imitators of God. And so because we meditate on this, this blessings that we receive because he's so loving and so good and so gracious, then, man, we should do that. So I want to challenge you today, man. Go out, see somebody, look at somebody, check out somebody, man, and then bless them. Bless them in, in the name of the Lord that they might be well. I appreciate you guys for listening. Hey, and let's get into this new uh, this new phase as we begin to talk about Abram and Abraham. I'll see you guys in the next episode.